Welcome to Ball Leaders for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. After a four-year hiatus, Ranbir Kapoor is back. He's so back, baby. we're going back to 2009 <laughs> to discuss a pair of his early hits. First up, he plays a layabout turned college flunkout in Ian Mukherjee's coming-of-age drama, Wake Up Sid. Then he stars as a recent graduate turned salesman in Shimit Amin's workplace drama, Rocket Singh, Salesman of the Year. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. I don't know if he actually was the Salesman of the Year. You're not sure he was the Salesman of the Year? I mean, I, I guess I guess we'll get to that. I guess that's a point of discussion. What, yeah. Who is the Salesman of the Year? Yeah. We'll get into that. Bollywood movies love their their competitions, their annual competitions. Salesman of the Year, Student of the Year. There's got to mm-hmm. be more. Can't mother of the Year. Is there a Mother of the Year film? Matt, we've been doing this podcast for a number of years now. A hundred years. <laughs> Not quite a hundred, but um, for, for a while now. It's been like, what, five-ish years? Six-ish? I think we're coming up on seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah, probably. You count by the amount of Hindi horror Halloweens we've done. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's 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 hard it's hard to remember because like there's been two years of a pandemic that yeah, felt like they feel like one big one. They feel like one big one. But we've been doing this podcast for a while. We've been watching contemporary Bollywood films uh, for almost a decade now. With significant digits or figures, as we call them in Alberta, we would have watched for a decade. Yes. Uh, and suffice to say, we have seen a lot of Rambir Kapoor films. We've talked about Rambir Kapoor a lot on the show, but we've never devoted a whole episode to him. Does taking four years off if two of those are during a pandemic really count? Um. Like, I don't know if I would call it the hiatus so much. I mean, what? Was Jagged Jesus's last movie or? Sanju. Sanju. Sanju is the last movie. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty well-regarded film. So, like, I, it it doesn't feel like a hiatus, like imposed hiatus. That's fair. Um, Sham Shara was delayed, but I believe Brahmastra's just been in production yeah, that for like a really long yeah. time. Um, but it has been a while since we've seen him. And over the course of doing this podcast, you and I have a lot of opinions about <laughs> Rambir Kapoor. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we have seen more of the films in his filmography than we haven't. So the ratio of films we've seen to the ratio of films we haven't, we've seen more. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them all, but like we've seen a sizable chunk of his filmography. Should we watch the rest? Listeners, weigh in. Well. <laughs> we'll probably will at some point. I don't know. Do you, do you want to catch up with Basharam? Not really. <laughs> uh, so, so before we get to these two films that we're going to discuss, we're as as we do when we do an episode about a prominent figure in Bollywood. Uh, we're just going to go through a bit of his background and then kind of discuss what we think about Rambir Kapoor in general. Because again, we've seen a lot of his movies. We've talked about him a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're just gonna you know we're gonna focus. 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 Uh, so he is the son of Rishi Kapoor and Nitu Singh, which makes him the great grandson of Prithvi Raj Kapoor and the grandson of Raj Kapoor. Bunch of nobody. He <laughs> it doesn't like like he is 
Bollywood royalty. About as much as you can get. Yeah, I'd argue like he's even more royal than Abhishek Bhakchan. Like he is. He's even more royal than a guy who's actually a prince. <laughs> he was. Saifali Khan. Born into the industry. Uh, he recently married Alia Bhatt, an actress we are quite fond of, and it's they've announced that they're having a baby. Yeah. So like. Big year for Ranbir Kapoor coming back after not being on screen for four years. This baby getting has married. already been announced. This baby <laughs> has already been announced to be in a uh, student of the year three. <laughs> he's becoming a father. He's, like he's the like preschool student of the year. Yeah. Uh, now this is something I found absolutely fascinating. Ranbir Kapoor before debuting in Bollywood, he studied for a year at the Lee Strasberg Institute. Just like Lady Gaga. Oh, did she? Well, she would... She mentions it a lot, that right. she's a method actor. Right, because Strasbourg and Juilliard, I believe, are connected. Oh, maybe. I don't know. And and Gaga went to Juilliard. I think they are. Yeah. She's mentioned it a lot, because we've seen it in Be Kind Rewind videos, that she talks about it all the time. And it that's like... That sounds like the most nepotism kid thing ever. Like, what's the school that makes actors good? I'll go to that. Oh, no. One. Sorry. The Lee Strasberg School is connected to the Tisch School of the Arts, not Juilliard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I went to Juilliard, and I was about to uh, uh, comment on it, but I was going to let you oh, okay. mention that. Right. I must have missed the years when you were at Juilliard. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a prestigious place. We don't yeah. like to talk to lowly mortals. Gaga might have also said it at, at Lee Strasberg. Many, many famous actors have. Wait a minute. Okay, so Lee Strasberg Institute is like the leading purveyors of method actors Of method now. acting, yes. But does that mean that the sad boy life chose Ranbir Kapoor? <laughs> is he actually not like this in real life and has just been like subsuming himself into sad boy douchebag roles? Maybe. Huh. I mean, He's method acting being a annoying child man? Maybe this whole thing was an act so that he wow. could play these roles. Wow. This is some real, uh, oh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix type stuff. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, okay, so as, as you've already said, the Lee Strasberg Institute specializes in method acting. Do you want to explain what method acting is for people who might not <laughs> They also heard? specialized in owning the rights to Marilyn Monroe for a long time until they sold <laughs> it to a company that makes billions of dollars. Yes. Uh, method acting is when... you got to be... Like, every other actor will hate you, I think. <laughs> but it's when you're... You're in the mind of your character all the time. You want people to call you by that character's name. And you never break character. Yeah, it's a technique where you... Insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was an interview where uh, Robert Pattinson said, uh, no one goes method and is just like a really nice guy on yeah, set no one, to everyone. Yeah. No one goes method as like Mr. Deeds or... No, not Mr. Deeds. Uh, Mr. Mr. Smith goes to Washington or just like, uh, you know, just Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Um, yes. They so, always commit that as a douchebag. You you are correct. It's a technique that encourages actors... It's from the 50s. Yeah. Uh, to tap into their kind of inner traumatic emotions and experiences in order to bring authenticity to the characters that they're playing. And so Marlon probably, Brando and Lady Gaga. Those are the two big I players. was going to say probably the most uh, famous method actors and actors who really changed 
um, the acting landscape in Hollywood were Marlon Brando and James Dean. And Marilyn Monroe. She she did a uh, mid-career turnaround that way. Monroe, though, was not ever respected for her acting in her time. No, but that's what she did to try and get respected for her acting. Yes, she and did. she goes and does yeah. the, the Outlaws, was that movie, I think? The Misfits. The Misfits, yeah. yeah. Like, and it's, it's the classic way of, like, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm a method actor. But it was very much kind of when Brando and James Dean came on the scene, like, a different style of performance that really took Hollywood by storm. So why do I find this interesting in connection with Ranbir Kapoor? Because he does kind of, in his performances, have the stench of method on him now that I think about it. If, yeah. In some of them. If he's... And... Yeah, I guess if he... Okay, I would have loved to be on set for Jega Jesus then if he's, like, well, method acting. Like, was he I'm gonna get, rapping all the time? I'm going to get to an argument was about Was he beatboxing <laughs> all the time? <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have loved to see the behind the scenes on that one. But another thing that I find fascinating is when I look at, you know, kind of that, that transition in performance style that you see in Hollywood um, from the more star-driven personas that, that you had in classic Hollywood to... Brando and Dean and that that kind of rise of performance. Um, Rambir Kapoor is he's by kind of by studying at least Strasbourg, he is going against the grain of um, the typical kind of performance styles that we see in Bollywood. And so I kind of see now why why maybe he's he been a, so critically acclaimed. Well, maybe he was a breath of fresh air at the time too. Because he is so different when you like when you think about. Ball, like the Bollywood style of acting, yeah. Like the way well, the way men act in Bollywood movies. But that's the thing, though. Like, because often men get like typecast. Mm-hmm. Women do too. But obviously, like Abhijit Bachchan. Well, and Rambir Kapoor has been typecast. He's been incredibly typecast. But if he's method acting and typecast, that doesn't make any sense because the method is supposed to be like you can inhabit different types of people. Whereas Amitabh Bachchan could play an angry old through young uh, young through old man for the rest of his career, it totally makes sense because it goes with his character. Mm-hmm. Rabir Kapoor is method acting the same thing over and over again. Well, but I most mean, of the time, again, think about the most famous method actor of all time, Marlon Brando. Like, do you find Marlon Brando's characters that different? Ex- well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> okay, you got me there. Well, there, like, there's a there's a difference between especially like the height of like dreamy, sexy Brando. Sure, but then there's a big <laughs> difference between The Godfather and like Stanley from. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire, like yes, but we haven't seen a long enough career from Rambir Kapoor to see what he's going to be like in his later performances. <laughs> I think you're uh, maybe it is twenty years between those two. Between Streetcar Named Desire and Godfather, I'm gonna guess it's twenty years. So that's a long time. I'm sure it's a long time. This like, is we're coming up on year fourteen of uh, Rambir Kapoor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. You say Streetcar's fifty-four. Godfather's seventy-three. Streetcar's fifty-one. Fifty-one. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, Godfather's early seventies. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know if I understand this line of criticism because, yes, obviously, the angry young man Brando. 20 years later, is able to play Don Corleone, and then 20 years after that, could play Doctor Moreau. <laughs> Can he? <laughs> sort of. But, like, 
He's what kind of aging to... into those roles, whereas Ranbir Kapoor has played the same sort of guy for 13 years straight. Well, what I'm trying Jagged to say... Jagajesus is my favorite one because it's out of sight of the normal. What I'm trying to say is... Um, we haven't given him enough time. We haven't given him enough time to does, potentially see a range. Like, does this if you're going to compare him to Brando, sure. if you only look at it like a decade of Brando's career... Ranbir Kapoor is generally a recent college graduate <laughs> who is disaffected by what he feels that he was supposed to get out of life. All I'm trying to say is that I think your perception that method acting should lead to an actor doing a variety of versatile roles, I don't think is correct. It's more of a style to develop a character. Sure. They can develop a character in that style over and over again. Like, they can use the style to develop the same kind of character over and over again. Like, now I want to see... Um, method does not mean that you, like, have range or are versatile. It's yeah. just about... <laughs> I can tell that now. No, I, but I, it's just... I would a... like to see Ranbir Kapoor go on Inside the Actor's Studio. I know that guy's dead, but, like, can we talk to Barfy? <laughs> Bring up Barfy for Anyways, me. I would like to meet him, and then um, we would have to not speak. That was... A very long tangent about method acting, but I think it is interesting. So he debuted in 2007 in Sanjay Leela Pansali's Sawaria, a film we have seen. And we have spoken about it at length. Yes. But you'll never hear it because it's in a missing episode of another podcast. Exactly. Uh, but we have seen it. And, and I think I'm sadder that we can't... We also did Veer on that episode. <laughs> And I would love to talk about Veer again, but I don't know if we could ever convince someone else to watch it. That's fair. Um, before before he debuted in Sawaria, he uh, assisted Sanjay Leela Bansali on Black as well. That's what they always do. You, like, star yeah. kids typically are an assistant director on something. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sawaria flopped, but he did take home the award for Best Male Debut at the Film Fair Awards that year. His next film, 2008's Bachna e Hasino, uh, was his first hit, and also the first film that he was in with Deepika Padukone. Yeah, kind of a Jody, I guess. Yes, and this is the film where... Um, it, it's hard to talk about Pierre Kapoor without talking about his personal life. I'm sorry. This is the film where then he would start dating Deepika Padukone. Uh, yes. They'd be public about it. That's the other thing then, I didn't mention, yes. Then they would break up, and... He, he would be in a relationship with Katrina Kaif for years. <laughs> Truly the Pete Davidson of Bollywood. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. Kind of. And that that relationship between uh, between Deepika Padukone and, and Ranbir Kapoor was, uh, I mean, I, it, it's still talked about. And, you know, the, seeing them in, in movies together, because they've done a number of movies together, they have such chemistry. And I, they I, do have good chemistry. I think yeah. they... Um, They've put things behind them. I, I think they've put that painful breakup behind them, but, you know, there's that Cough with Quran episode where Topeka Patacone's pretty candid about what it's like to date Rambir Kapoor. She's usually pretty <laughs> candid. Uh, in 2009, he made Wake Up Sid, Aja Prem Ki Gasab Khani, and Rocket Sing Salesman of the Year. Do you know what's a he, fun story about uh, Aja Primki Gazakani? Is it that Julianne watched it on an airplane? Yes, guest <laughs> of the friend of the show, Julianne, uh, watched this on an airplane and then thought it was a much bigger deal than it was. It was just I know. like, you must have seen this movie. It had that guy and he had like a happy club. And we're like, 
We have no idea where you're talking about. I don't know if she thought it was... I mean, it, it did well. We had to, like, comb um, through the backlog to figure out what she was talking about. she did about. know what it was called, and she yeah. just called it Happy Club. Yeah. Um, and this is this is the film where he is opposite Katrina Kev, so... Mm-hmm. Allegedly, this is where their romance started. I mean, I would also be in the happy club if that's the case. <laughs> um, so he won the Critics Award for Best Actor at the Film for Awards for all three of these performances. That's weird. And he was <laughs> nominated for Best Actor for Wake Up Said and Ajab Prem Ki Gazab Kahani. Wait, okay. That's weird. You can get Best Actor three times? <laughs> Well, so he was or nominated. just like, he did a good job in acting in all his movies this year. Okay. The award goes to Ranbir Kapoor for all of these movies. He was nominated for Best Actor for the two films, but he won the Best Actor for Critics Award for all three. Weird. The critics can just say, like, you had a good year, I guess. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, it's Calvin Ball over there. Do whatever you want. Further acclaim came in 2011 with Rockstar, which might feel like his most methody film. Just that performance. Yeah, it's it's, it's starting to make sense now. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to any actors listening to this who have have gleaned that uh, we don't have a lot of respect for the method. Yeah, just um, pretend it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, remember something that your mom did to you. Yeah. Um, so for Rockstar, he won both the Filmfare Award for Best Actor and Best Actor Critics. Boo. Uh, in 2012, he entered the 100 Core Club with Barfi, and he again won Best Actor at the Filmfare Awards. Yay! Yeah. Woo! We, we like, love Barfi. We like Barfi. Barfi's good. Uh, 2013's Yeah, Giovanni, Hi, Giovanni became one of the highest grossing Bollywood films of all time at the time. Great movie. So it peaked at, I believe, number three, but now it's at, like, 23 or 30-something. Yeah. Um, Great. Good movie. And that's the all-Indian list. That's yeah. not just the Bollywood list. But, like, that might be the best version of this character. Yes. I think. Yeah. And, and probably the first one we saw. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, his subsequent films, 2013's Basharam and 2014's Bombay Velvet, unfortunately okay. flopped. We've discussed Bombay Velvet. Bombay Velvet is the outlier <laughs> in his filmography. Because as I said on Twitter, I think I could fight every single uh, Ranbir Kapoor character except for Johnny Balraj. Because he's a boxer. He's not a boxer. He's a pit fighter. <laughs> Sorry. He's introduced fighting a guy in, a, in like a chain, uh, like a, a steel do you, wait, cage. Wait, do you think you could fight him in Brahmastra? I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. But, like, every other one, he's got his character, not the actor, who is portraying someone through the method. But he has the, the face in need of a fist, as they say in Germany. Yeah. Uh, so, notable releases in recent years include Tamasha in 2015. Okay. Don't. I changed my mind. Tamasha, like, a lot of people flip-flop on this movie, but I do think that this might be, like, the... End result of that kind of character. Oh, you're I, not saying you you're not changing your mind that you could beat him up in Tamasha. Oh, I definitely oh, okay. easily. Sorry, he's, he's depressed. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, what are you changing your mind about then? <laughs> what I'm saying is that like that's probably like the ultimate expression of this sad boy guy. Oh, okay, because like 
He's a very sad boy. He's a very sad boy, yes. Uh, Adel Heimushkel in 2016. Incredibly Jaga sad. Jaga Jasus in 2017. I would feel bad about Jaga and Barfi, but I could still do it. <laughs> and Sanju in 2018, uh, for which he won another Filmfare Award for Best Actor. Okay, here's a question. What's it like method acting someone you know? <laughs> That's got to be weird, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, usually well, you're, I mean, he, you're method he, acting he a made up person. He doesn't have to imagine what it would be like to have famous actor parents. That's true. They have that in common. <laughs> and I'm sure Sanjay Dutt has met him in real life, so he could draw upon his experiences well, in acting. He co-stars with Sanjay Dutt in, in his recent film, Shamshara, but Shamshara, like, and the much-anticipated Burmastra, which is directed by Ian Mukherjee, but, is finally coming out next month. It's going to be some sort of three-part superhero extravaganza. Yeah. I kind of cool. honestly I can't wait to see it because I yeah. really love yet yeah, Giovanni Hidevani and But, okay, the idea of the method is to draw upon, like, childhood trauma and stuff. What yeah. do you do when you're Sanjay Dutt? Like, <laughs> man, he really had... Well, I wonder what sad thing happened to Rabir that he has to think about so he can remember me being in jail. Like, what is he drawing upon in order to portray a thing that I just did? It's just a weird sort of thought experiment. I, I find the method kind of fascinating, but also kind of like jerk-off mode. <laughs> okay. Um, so, my big take on Rabir Kapoor is that I prefer his performances where he's acting uh, with his body, yes. um, where he's doing physical acting. He's a great dancer. As opposed to doing um, emotional yeah. acting. Physical comedy and Barfi he's especially. so good yeah. at physical comedy. Barfi, Jagajasus. I would say he had Giovanni Haidavani kind of straddles his two modes. In mm -hmm. a really compelling way, where he, I feel like you're both getting the physical actor, as well as kind of like the, the sad boy. That character is a very energetic sad boy. He's exactly, especially in the first half when he's kind of romancing Deepika. He's like, very, I guess maybe golden retriever boyfriend, right? <laughs> maybe that kind of like super excitable guy. Yeah, he's like that. And and you also get a lot of his physical acting in Sawaria. And so those are yeah. those are my favorite roles of his. And Bombay I, Velvet, he's punching oh, people, he's getting yeah. in fights, he's doing all kinds of stuff that he's not asked to do a lot of the time. He's never played a cop, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I'm trying to. Like he's well, Sam Sher is a period piece, but for the most he's part, he's a Dakowit though. Yeah, like a Robin Hood type. But for the most part, he doesn't do a lot of like period pieces. He doesn't do a lot. Of, They're always very contemporary. He's a contemporary like romantic hero. Yeah, but like not a lot of action movies. Mm -hmm. Shamshara and Brahmastra, I guess, are two recent ones. And very few, um, like, torn from the headlines type things. Like Sanju, which he did. He did he, a good job at Sanju. He did the, um, I didn't include it in the in the list, but he did do the um, kind of modern political take right. on... Uh, Rajniti? Something like that. That looked really good. Yes, and I would I would like to watch it. Um, yeah, Rajniti at some point. So it's a that's we we haven't seen it. We we are hoping to watch it at at some point. But that's kind of a modern political take on the Mahabharata. Yeah, um, it looks really interesting. Hilariously, because... our 
friend of the show who we've already mentioned, Julianne, was supposed to see that film in India, but without subtitles. And yeah. I, I don't think that would have been the most interesting movie to see without subtitles. No, I feel like you're going to miss a lot. But, like, think about it. Like, that's a kind of genre that, say... Panka Tripathi does a lot, or Nawazuddin Siddiqui. Or you can see someone like Aishman Karana doing that. Yeah, like yeah. A, a neck, people didn't seem to like it, but like he can do those sort of things. Um, but yeah, they really pigeonholed Rambir as a romantic hero. That's 90% of his movies. It, it's a lot of them, yeah. He, he, he is kind of playing this same character over and over again. Um, and, and again, like I, I go back to these performances that... I really love from him mm-hmm. where I think he really pops on screen and the thing that I find different about them from kind of all the sad boy performances is there's just there's a physicality to them and there's a mm-hmm. sense of humor to them now haven't seen Besharam don't really want to but I I do kind of prefer him in a comedic role as opposed to a dramatic one uh, Bombay Velvet would probably be the big the big outlier there because there's nothing really fun <laughs> about his character. I mean, I love that movie, but in, yeah, he's in, he's kind of a bummer. He wants to be a big shot. Well, and maybe it's just that the sad boy stuff, well, A, it is a little bit more physical than, than some of his other roles. Yeah, he's brawling, he's shooting guns. Um, like, that's the only time I've ever seen him shoot a pistol. And maybe, like, that whole sad boy stuff just because of the the subject matter and the time period and the character, like, it just... It might have been a tonal mismatch, you know? Tonal. What do you mean it might have been a tunnel mismatch? Well, like, you don't expect him to be a gangster. Because his character is, I think, supposed to be a bit more, like, rough and tumble than you expect from him. Sure. And maybe he wasn't able to complete... Because all the reviews were just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, he does not look like a gangster. Well, I was just thinking maybe, like, the the emotional register there works because it just it feels like it matches with the character more than just kind of these yeah. selfish I mean I agree with you I, I just don't think that uh, yeah. the audience seemed to care yeah. and, or they didn't seem to like this movie and they probably didn't watch it Yeah, but like he did have to try something new in that one yeah so, so what do you think about kind of his performances do you see this kind of how he has these these two modes this kind of sad boy emotional mode where you know he's confused about what to do with life yeah, he's and graduated maybe school. needs a girl to help him figure it out. Uh, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Almost indefinitely needs a girl all yeah. the time. Uh, I would say that... Versus these more kind of um, physical roles that are often comedic. Yeah, I love those roles. Uh, Jagajah Seuss is another great outlier in that uh, there is a little bit of romantic chemistry with Katrina Kef, but like not... I would die for you, you know, yeah. Romeo and Juliet type stuff like he does all the time. Even the love triangle in Barfi is like so different from yeah. <laughs> what you get anywhere else. But, you know, the what he's known for is these other ones. And I really wonder what he was like as a teenager. Because if he was this sort of moony, annoying kid, like that totally makes sense. You could just ride that into like six movies. Well, he, I mean, he certainly understands privilege like a he's, lot yeah, of he's like the nepo kid par excellence yeah a lot of his a lot of his characters are privileged they're 
um, railing against kind of the the generation before. That's they, another thing that they don't want to like wear a suit and yeah. go into an office. Just or... wants to wear superhero t-shirts all the time. Yeah, that's another thing that maybe didn't strike well for audiences on Shamshare, which hasn't done well, mm-hmm. and Bombay Velvet is that you're used to him being like this modern kind of privileged boy and seeing him in a period piece where he's grungy and has to wear a suit yeah. you know it, it feels wrong yeah uh, right. but I like I think I like him uh, I definitely like one of these movies a lot more than the other but I don't know if it's his fault I think it's the story that let him down and the Maybe. one I didn't care for I think he can be very good I just find I with the exception of Barfy which everyone loves Barfy um, I find I just, I, I appear to go against the grain on the Rambir Kapoor performances in films that I think are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like the Venn, the Venn diagram of like what everyone likes about Rambir Kapoor and what Aaron likes about Rambir Kapoor, there's like very little overlap. It's just barfy in the middle. Yeah. Um, I wish he was given different roles. Oh, and I guess he had Giovanni Haidavani as well. I love Giovanni Haidavani. In, he's just, in that he, he has, has he's got more energy. He has more energy. He's having more fun. And I think because of the way that plot is structured where you kind of see um the kids kind of post college going mm-hmm. on this adventure and they are like finding themselves, you know, they he, he really does like a lot of rules about kids finding themselves, but they're not stuck in the like um, I don't want to work for you. Yeah, I'm not going to be the, the man. Exciting part, you know. It's like it's like the the opening of Tamasha where they're just in like is it Cyprus? I think so. That was good. I like that. Yeah, part. like so they're you spend, playing a role together. You spend a really long time just like on the fun vacation part, and then you kind of flash forward, and I think jump over. Um, <laughs> yeah, the annoying bits of his life. Yeah, you jump over the annoying bits where it seems like. He's already gone through that, and he's settled in into something where maybe he hasn't completely found himself, um, and, and neither have the rest of the characters. But we, we we reconnect with them when they're kind of fine when they're grasping adulthood, and so we don't mm-hmm. have to deal with like the awkward middle part, what do I which do? can sometimes I think in some of these movies. I know some people find it really relatable, but I think for us sometimes it can be really. I don't know if cringy is the right word, but it just reeks of self-importance with some of these characters. Yeah. Um, and we've seen so many movies about this. Who cares that... about your lost innocence? Get a job. Yeah. And I guess just for us, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just kind of, I don't know. I find it hard to relate to sometimes. I think a lot of that is... Because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a choice. It was yeah, like... I went to university. I had to figure it all out myself. Like, I just... I think some of this is... You know, we talk about Bollywood as kind of like a travelogue. Yeah. I think some of that is also sort of like wealth pornography. Yeah. Where you can imagine what it would be like if you didn't have to work. Mm-hmm. And you could just hang out with your friends all the time and, you know... Yeah. Be sad. Like, yeah. I was thinking about Wake Up Sid and Shaitan. He, his character could have easily fit in <laughs> with the people in Shaitan. Yeah, that's, like, that's fair. Not even stretching one iota, and his he would have been there. Yeah. But yeah, like, Yajvani and Haidavani is, like, the best example of that. Is one of the best examples of that mode. Because we don't see a lot of anger against the parents in that movie. Yeah. It's interpersonal relationships a bit with people his age, and then 
you know, moving on a little bit. And there are, yeah, they're established. Like, yeah. it... I think it's that rebelling against the parents and we get rebelling against society. Going back to Brando when it says, he says uh, in The Wild One, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Like, Brando in the 50s actually had a fair amount to rebel against. Uh, Rambir Kapoor in the early 2000s <laughs> just is lazy and doesn't yeah. want to get a job. He just wants to screw around for the rest of his life. I cannot identify with that. And the other, I think the other example of that structure that works it's not a rambeer kapoor film but um it's it's jab we met yes you know like so the very good sad boy performance but there's life to it because katrina uh, karina kapoor shows well just kind of those i don't want to give the impression that because we just we see this theme so often in bollywood and I, i understand that people find it relatable but um i didn't i i i think i think sometimes it really works and other times i like i I am always shocked by how often people tell me they find Tamasha relatable because I found the second half of that film so painful to watch. The I think Tamasha is an outlier. It has some interesting stuff to say about people in relationships and, you know, putting on a game face. Because, like, his whole thing in Tamasha is that he wanted to be an artist and yeah. he had to get a job. Whereas Which you usually see- his movies are, I don't want to get a job, I won't get a job. Yeah. Like, he actually had to. This is like... Or I, I am an artist. Like yeah, I'm an artist star. already. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's following that sort of person to a logical conclusion who doesn't have the advantages of a Sid or uh, you yeah. know, a couple other guys. Yeah. Anyway, there's enough un- rich parents that you to rebel against out there, I guess. Okay, let's take a break um, and return to these themes as we discuss Wake Up Sid. What are we listening to, Matt? <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny, but Pocket My Rocket from Rocket Sing. I don't think this is in the movie. It might have been in the credits, but it's like a music video that came out with the song. Fun. With the the movie. Okay. It's pretty good. Okay. And also, for those of you who are not aware, they call paper airplanes rockets in India. It took us an absurd amount of time (laughs) to figure that out. Like, oh, that's what that means. Okay. (laughs) But Pocket My Rocket... uh, (laughs) <laughs> open to interpretation. Oh, Pocket me rocket, pocket me rocket. Pocket me, pocket me, rocket head, pocket me, pocket me, rocket head, pocket me. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout-out to Bookwomen. Bookwomen is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. 
Guests include indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomanpodcast.ca. That was pocket my rocket. <laughs> uh, look up what a pocket rocket is, possibly. I'm not going to mention it on this uh, 14A rated show. But uh, I would say that the uh, North American perception of what a pocket rocket is might surprise you. <laughs> Um, but anyway, wake it's up. It's a bit sit. like when we were very confused about bum chums. Bum chums. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, wake up, Sid. Came out in two thousand nine, just like Rocket Singh, directed by Ayan Mukherjee, stars Rabia Kapoor, Konkani Sen Sharma in a completely unforgiving role that any uh, actress of her caliber could have done in their sleep. Mm. Kind of a waste of Konkani Sen Sharma, but it's like pretty early for her. Before then, you know. She's she had much better things down the line. Yeah. Uh, Supriya Prathak and Anupam Kerr as wouldn't you know it, a dad. <laughs> <laughs> the man has been a dad for forty years straight. Yes. Uh, this movie did well at the box office and was well received by critics. I guess. Mm-hmm. Nominated for nine Filmfare awards, <laughs> including best film, best director, and best actor, and it won three: best actor, critics, best debut director, and best female playback singer. I guess I don't have an opinion on female playback singer, and the direction was okay, but, um, okay, as written, Ranbir Kapoor does an amazing job with this character. I just find the character repulsive and annoying. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to it, but I was a bit disappointed in this film because I really love Yad Javani, Hi Javani. So I was excited. Which feels like a quantum leap of this kind of story. Yeah. So I was really excited to see Iron Mekrojee's first film. Really looking forward to Brahmastra. Uh, so yeah, I I was really surprised. I didn't like this movie more. But you yeah. should you should explain the plot. Okay. So Sid, uh, when we meet him at the beginning of the film, is a rich boy who is finishing up. I don't understand how long Indian kids go to college for. Right, and they call it college. Yeah, it feels um, like high school. And it could be prep school, for but, all we know. Like, I don't understand. Maybe I should look into this at some point, but I don't understand if it's the way that, like, Americans use college. Because, yeah. like, in Canada, college and university um, are different. In Canada, we have. For colleges, it would be more like a vocational school. Yeah, so it's like more like... my dad went to Nate, and he learned how to weld. Yeah, college is like, like community college. Community college. Whereas, like on the show Community, that's what they're yeah, attending. Yeah, um, whereas if you're, like, getting a degree... <laughs> yeah. If you're getting a degree, you go to university. Yeah. And so it's always very confusing because in the States, they... They, they use college, college is interchangeable, basically. Like there's, yeah. I think that's why they have the term community college because you could also say you're going to college in the Ivy League. Yeah. So like exactly, like it's so it's. Yeah. I think Harvard's a university, but like there's a lot of other like. No, they're all universities, basically. Yeah. It's just the idea of college um, can either mean like you're at you know community college in your hometown or you're visiting the Ivy League. Like, yeah. it just seems more like a life phase than it seems like a technical term. Exactly. And that's what it seems like to us in in Bollywood movies. When well. we can tell when you're attending a super, like, stressful engineering college. 
Mm-hmm. What is it? IIT, I think, is the big one you see a lot. Was in Three Idiots, possibly? Yeah. Um, so those we understand. <clears throat> but these other colleges that, to us, appear like high school, uh, or possibly prep school, with, like, bells and lockers and stuff... It is sort of confusing, but that is probably our lived experience talking or lack of lived experience in mm-hmm. like what the Indian equivalent is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's going to that. Um, I don't know how long he went. Based on his age, I don't think he did a full four years. Yeah. And based on his maturity level, for sure not. But like... It doesn't seem like he's supposed to be getting a degree out of it. No, like... <laughs> None of his friends appear to have, um, like, academics in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he's uh, he does not graduate college. No. Rather than, I don't know, taking some classes to boost <laughs> your grade average, like, doing another year, he just flames out and becomes depressed. Yeah. And um, it's kind of... Blackmailed by his father, played by Anupam Kerr. Uh, if you can last, uh, this is kind of a funny scene where uh, Anupam Kerr is like, if you can last three months at my business, which is a bathroom fixtures company, uh, he's the CEO of, and uh, Rumbeer would have to just like maybe do sales calls or something. But like, if you can last three months, I'll buy you an SUV. Mm-hmm. And, and he's used to Rambier, just... Uh, kind of talks and whittles him down to, like, 30 days. And he's used to just, like, putting everything on his dad's credit card, and his dad just pays for it. Yeah. Dismissively, like, oh, your credit card bill came in again. Um, and does he even last a week at this job? No, I don't think so. He refuses to wear anything apart from a juvenile T-shirt. Mm-hmm. He goes to work late, like... He's not professional. No. No. Um, so, he this this doesn't work, but he does meet Kankanasen Sharma at a party. And Kankanasen Sharma is a very driven person who's come from Calcutta, I think, to Mumbai. And, and she's a bit older. She's Yeah, she's three or four years older. And she does not have a free ride. No one's paying her credit card bills. No, and she also doesn't even have a job when she shows up. No. But she wants to get into uh, journalism. Yeah. So, she's like interning slash being the secretary for a guy at Mumbai Beat, which is like a uh, alt-weekly. Yeah. And Sid essentially runs away from home like a giant child <laughs> and then crashes at her place yeah. and messes it up every day. Like, he's just annoying. It's like adopting a child. Yes. Um, and eventually, over the course of the film, he sort of learns a work ethic. He learns how to make eggs mad. He learns how to make egg. He, <laughs> I don't even think he cooks more than one egg at once. The kindly milf down the hall shows him how to make egg. Uh, <laughs> I always got. He the imp- starts to actually clean up after himself. Yeah, I got the impression that she would have taught him a lot of other things if only like he had the mentality of not a ten-year-old, right? Like, yeah, I don't under like. There's definitely like an arrested development to this character that I don't know if I quite understood because he doesn't seem like a sexual being. <laughs> He's just living at Conquest and Sharma's house. She eventually falls in love with him, and I can't tell if he notices. Um, and he and, discovers he has a passion for photography. Yeah, and I want to talk about photography. But he doesn't, like, ever decide, I'm going to go to school for photography. No, like, he, because he like, kind of interns underneath the uh, head photographer at Mumbai Beat. But, like, 
And I believe this is also Bunny's job in Yeah, Giovanni, Hi, Divani, too. Yeah, but he's like, like a cinematographer, like a filmmaker, yeah. Yeah. Like a documentary <laughs> filmmaker, I think. Photographer? Not to shame photographers out there. There are some good ones. But it's a very lazy job to give someone in a movie mm. because the actual actor doesn't know need to know how to do anything. No. They just put a camera up to their face and click a picture, and then you get someone else who's good at photography to take it. Like... It's the laziest way to say someone's an artist. Yeah. If you're thinking about the Mr. Holland's Opus problem, uh, which is when you're supposed to think about an artist and like, is their art actually good? This is the easiest one for a um, yeah, because we an can, actor to we, do this. <laughs> we cannot tell if that that Opus is yeah. good or not. Did he frame that shot good? I don't know. Oh, someone else takes the picture, and then we use that. Sure, that works. Like, it's it's like the laziest way to say that someone's an artist. Wait, are you saying the actor who played Mr. Holland? Didn't write the opus? I, I don't think so. Who was, was it, that? It was, um, what's his name from Jaws? Richard <laughs> Dreyfus, I think, is Mr. Holland? Why do I think of Jaws first as his movie? But uh, I think it's Richard Dreyfus, am I right? Um, yeah, it is. Richard yeah, Dreyfus. people come to us for hot takes on Mr. Holland's Opus, a movie that no one else remembers. You know what? Uh, We've mentioned that movie more than any other podcast. We really do. Even if there's like a, a Dreyfus cast, we probably talk about Mr. Holland's Opus more. But, oh, I guess there's another one that's also really easy to portray on film is cooking. Yeah. Because, because we the can. actor just has to stir around some stuff on and a plate. And we don't have to eat the food. Yeah, like painting, music... Dance, dance especially. Those are very hard for actors to portray unless they actually are good at those. But photography, you just put a camera in front of your face. Or being a chef, you just stir some stuff around. Like, that's the easiest thing to show. Like, oh, this person's a true artist. Um, anyway, uh, this movie was interminable. Um, I found Sid repugnant. I was wondering, we talked about this off mic, but like... Is this sort of character, a rich boy who gets whatever he wants and his parents just bend over backwards for him all the time, is this a kind of, like, aspirational thing for uh, someone who was working a dead-end job and has to, you know, bust ass all week long in order to go to the movies? If you see a guy like this, unlike me, who wants to punch him in the face for these characteristics, does the Indian audience think, like, oh, that looks nice. I wish my life was like that. I, yeah, I don't know. I find, I found this character so incredibly frustrating. And the, and the film is built around this character. And I think part Boy, of... he's in every scene, almost. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's called Wake Up Sid. Did he actually wake um, up? It was more like Make an Egg Sid. <laughs> and I think part of what I find so frustrating about it... So when I compare it to something like um, Jab We Met or even Tamasha... Those are characters who are unfulfilled in their dead-end jobs, but they've actually, like, had to do their dead-end jobs. Yes. They've they actually, like... They after a week. Yeah, they've actually had to, um, kind of work. They're depressed <laughs> about their career, which doesn't fulfill them, but they actually went out and had a career, yeah, at and least so, for a year and I or think, two. I think that's far more relatable of just kind of having to... of being unfulfilled... With your life, it's when, burnout. When, we, yeah, everyone knows about that. Exactly, it's burnout. You're you're unfulfilled with your life, but you've actually had to like manage your own life. Mm-hmm. The issue here with Sid is that 
he's a child. Like yeah. everything in his life is provided for him. He doesn't have to pay his own bills. He doesn't know how to cook. Like, and so he's and it's barely even used for comedic results. Like, you could have had a whole montage of him. Trying to make an egg and screwed it up, but it's just sort of like, oh, I know egg now. Yeah, and so he just, like, he comes off as a self-involved brat. Yeah. And maybe that's the point that he's supposed to come off as this kind of self-involved brat who but doesn't know how the, to take care of himself. I don't buy but the transformation. I, yeah, exactly. Because there barely is one. I don't buy the transformation, and I find him completely unrelatable because I'm sorry, but, like, a lot of people don't have the... Um, privilege of not being able to figure out how to make ends meet. Almost everyone. <laughs> like, almost everyone else needs to figure out, like, how to get a job, how to cook for themselves. Do you and, remember the part that I got so mad at and, this movie? And this film, it seems like it's an option for him? I don't yeah. know. Like, well, the part that I got, I got so mad at this movie is what you would think is the dramatic climax of the film. So, like, mm. there's, there's not a lot of plot to this movie, so I'm going to ruin it. He gets a job at Mumbai Beat as an assistant photographer. Yeah, you did it. Mm. He goes to see his dad and says, like, look, dad, I got a job that I like. And Anupakar's like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> you know, you found something you like, and it's connected to photography. Uh, his mom tells him earlier that his dad yeah. likes to take photos. Like, he had, his father had to sacrifice his hobby of taking photography so that he could get a job. So it's kind of nice to see, like, oh, you're fulfilling something I would have always wanted to do. Yeah. But then in the next scene, he goes back to Konkan and Sen Sharma's house, and, like, he's cleaned up nice, he's a good roommate now, and he's like, I don't have... My fight with my dad is over, I'm moving back home. <laughs> and it's like... But I thought the literal point was... You got a job in your field that you like. You impressed your father. You found common ground. There's something that you both enjoy, and you were able to make something into your passion, even though it's not even mentioned until, like, 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. But, like, like, they actually did a pretty good job on setting that up. But the payoff would be, I'm going to continue to live my life as my own man. I don't need your help, rather than... I'm going to move back in and have my servant bring me breakfast again, but now I work at a magazine. Also, what was the photo? His The photo was of, like, two feet, and I don't know like, if they were Cockatice and Sharma's feet. Like, on a beach or something? Yeah. In an, this is an incredibly nitpicky thing, but this magazine's layout is garbage. It looks like it was uh, done with PowerPoint. It, it just looks like trash. But, like, he has one photo in a magazine, and, like... I almost feel like this is supposed to be satirical. We're just like, this guy's great success is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And of course he's going to go move in with his parents again. He lived outside of the house for a month and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. It's just like, he's he's not at all self-sufficient. No. Um, and I guess the point is for him to learn how to be self-sufficient, but there's no stakes because he can always just like... Well, so he does. It's just a cushy lifestyle. As soon like, as he does learn to be somewhat self-sufficient, even though he's kind of sponging off a Konkanas and Sharma, he just stops. Yeah, like I just, I have no idea why we're spending the film with this character and not Konkanas and Sharma, who's a far more interesting character. Yeah, she's a girl <laughs> trying to make it in the city, a plucky young reporter, like. Yeah, that's a, that's an archetype. Yeah. She also has a human cat named Sid. <laughs> and she like has to rent a shitty apartment that she's going to like dress up to make 
livable and she, you know, is a, is a fish out of water and is learning to love Mumbai. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like she's a far more interesting character and the movie does her so dirty. Mm -hmm. How did you fall in love with this weirdo that lives in your house and is basically a giant baby? Like, he's basically the... Uh, the villain, uh, not the villains, but like the mean rich kids from Josie and the Pussycats, if we're supposed to take them seriously and not Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. I forget the name. I'll look it up after, but like, you're supposed to think these people are laughing. Is it laughable. Alan? Maybe it's Alan. No, Alan, you're thinking Alan Cumming. But like, you're supposed to think that these You're rich... thinking of like the, like the siblings, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're supposed to think that these rich douchebags are kind of insufferable. And they're not the main characters because we don't like them. Yeah. And this is the movie where the insufferable friend who should be... Alexandra like, and Alexander. Yeah. It's like if they were oh, the no, main Alan's character. Oh, no, Alan's the love interest. There is an Alan. Okay. Well, it's, it's like if those sort of characters were the main character. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it's just like, I don't know. And... So this does, like, we haven't seen the film that he made in between Sawaria and Wake Up Sid, but this does seem like the prototype yes. for this character who will return in film after film. Sid and become, will return in Yes, Funny, Heidi Funny. And become sadder and sadder. Yeah. Until he reaches, like, peak sadness. In Tamasha. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say in Rockstar, where he, there he's, like, very oh, successful, but very a, sad. He's just a very depressed guy from moment one. But like, Also runs away from a rich family, if I remember right, <laughs> right? Like, he's not yeah. coming from poverty. But this seems like... like of the same kind of character in Adel Mushkel, like yeah, oh, hated that movie. <laughs> Good music, but yeah, talk about stupid characters. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really sorry. I know a lot of people really love this movie. I'm not sorry. Your, um, your feelings are wrong. This is a bad movie. <laughs> I I don't want to tell anyone they're wrong. It just it really. It really didn't work for me, and I was really disappointed. Let's move on to Rocket Sing, um, which is an amazing foil to Wake Up Sid. Like, this is... Almost exactly. This is Step kind one, of... not rich. The exact opposite of Wake Up Sid. This, this movie is very... Uh, it's a lot more than it appears on the surface. Yes. So, Rocket Sing Salesman of the Year came out in 2009, like Wake Up Sid. It's directed by Shimit Aman, uh, director of Chakta India. Hmm. Stars Ranbir Kapoor, Gawahar Khan, D. Santosh, Manish Tadhari, Prem Chopra, and Shazan Padamsi. It got decent reviews and it was nominated for three film awards, Best Story and Best Dialogue and Best Actor Critics, which it won. You know, because of the trip. Because three won on yeah. them. Um, I, I liked this film a lot more. Um, so Ranbir Kapoor, Ranbir Kapoor plays Harpreet Singh. Uh, who finishes college or whatever kind of schooling they're getting. Like, I don't get the sense they're getting degrees. I think they're getting, like, diplomas, which is, like, that would be college. For us, that would be college. You would get, like, a college diploma. No one ever... university degree. Unless they're going to engineering school, no one ever says what their major is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, it's just, like, school two. Maybe it's, like, how it works in Quebec. <laughs> like, going to CJEP? Yeah. Maybe. I think those are vocational colleges, but like, yeah. you never see them do anything apart from going to classes and like, oh, there's the principal. You don't really realize like how much of your experience or understanding of like education is so like 
very tied to where you grew up. It's very tied to like where you grew up and not even just like the country you live in, but like the, yeah. where you live. Um, <laughs> until you watch movies from other countries and then you start to scratch your head about yeah. <laughs> understanding how these things work. So we're always aware of the differences between Canada and the U.S. We should get Anyways. someone who knows about the Indian educational system and the Indian legal system the to Indian teach us about both especially. of these things. Because yeah. there's also that whole culture of like cram schools you see in Arakshan and Super 30. Yeah. But we don't really know what happens after that. <laughs> like, you get into cook school and then presumably those cram schools are for engineering. But, like, people have to get, like, Hindi degrees, yeah. Hindi literature or something like that. Like, Yeah. Anyways, uh, Harpreet, he, he does well in college. Like, we don't get the sense that he does amazing, but, you know, he does well. He's also kind and, of a party guy, too. And he's able to convince people about stuff. Yes. Um, and he decides that he's going to be a salesman. Now, a lot of his friends seem to kind of look down upon him for this. Like he could, should go into kind of, a, he should get a different job. Like he could get something else, but he really believes in being a salesman because he, he thinks he can be successful at it. He thinks he can, you know, make a lot of money. Um, and it's, he thinks it's the job for him. So he gets a job at AYS, at your service computers, uh, which he immediately discovers is a highly competitive company where all of the sales associates are vying to be salesmen of the year because they're going to get like a vacation or something. And also they're padding out their boss's vacation too. Yes. <laughs> it's a little unclear. Yes. Um, so it's very cutthroat and he quickly discovers that um, in order to get get far in this company you have to be willing to be unethical you have to corrupt. have loose morals you have to be corrupt you have to be willing to offer bribes and kind of um lie about um the customer service that you're you're offering um try and screw over the other guy who's also trying to get the same yeah. uh the same businesses as you and this doesn't this doesn't sit well with Rambir Kapoor. His second he, ever job <laughs> that he goes out. He goes out um, on uh, like a sales meeting and he, you know, tries to pitch to the client like, you know, get these computers and we'll fix them and et cetera, et cetera. And the client implies that he wants a bribe. This offends Rambir Kapoor. So he writes a note on the company letterhead, the AYS letterhead, and puts it in the comment box. box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the complaint box on his way out. Well, yeah, what a nerd. <laughs> this enrages his boss and his boss's boss. And then Harpreet is like cut off from having his own clients. He now is stuck as a desk only allowed to take phone calls. And no, he's not He's not taking phone calls. He's cold calling people. Sorry, he's cold calling people. Which is and, miserable. And he only gets to pass on tips to other... Other, Competent other salesmen. Other salesmen. Yeah. And it's implied that like he's not going to last long after this. Well, they say well, that that desk is cursed. Yeah. Yeah, and that like until his like contract is up, essentially, that's what he's going to do. Like, Yeah, he gets like six months probationary period or something. Yeah. Uh, so what he decides to do <laughs> is he, he, he wants to, to help out the little guy. Mm -hmm. He, so the, the receptionist kind of takes pity on him, passes him on a couple tips so that he can go out and maybe make a couple sales and then maybe start to kind of rebuild his reputation. And he meets a pair of 
young designers who are trying to start up their company, but they can't get the computer they want with the graphics card and none of the big computer sales companies will deal with them. And Rambir Kapoor, because these young women seem nice, they offer him noodles, he decides to help them. And he essentially just like pretends he has his own company, gets the computers with the graphics card, and sells them to them at a much lower cost than anyone else would. Yeah, he completely undercuts his business by like a sixth almost. Yeah. So this gives him an idea to essentially start a shadow company yeah, within the company. company. Yeah. So he and a couple of the other employees, including the uh, computer tech guy. Who's looking at porn all Who's day long. always looking at ladies all day long. Uh, and then eventually the receptionist, the uh, chaiwala, and then eventually his corrupt boss yeah. all kind of form a shadow company where they are all partners and they are honest they're 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 being honest about their business they're yeah. offering the computers at uh reasonable prices and they promise to fix them at night at night like and on holidays customer service and off hours well obviously it's only a matter of time until they are found out um, and so what's interesting is like this film becomes about like Business e business ethics in a very mm -hmm. convoluted way at times. I forget which season in Mad Men it was, but the one where they're kind of setting up their own company after the English people buy them. I think mm -hmm. it reminded me of that, mm -hmm. like kind of. It also reminds me of some people we know who've kind of started shadow businesses and then broken off into their own business. Yeah, and to be clear, he's not stealing from his car. Well, he is sort of stealing, but he's keeping track of everything he uses. From the current company so he can pay them back at the end which yeah is maybe not the best way to do it but like you can kind of see what they're like like he's at least he's not stealing yeah yeah and i think like watching this after wake up sid and our issues with wake up sid like this same here like it actually showed that he could do <laughs> a different movie so sid was supposed to be like that well, it's just like they're so different. Um, these characters, their their approach at life, their work ethics are so different. And I think it was much easier for me to relate to Harpreet, to relate to someone who, you know, wants to wants to figure out how to start building his life and being confronted not with I'm unfulfilled, but how do I navigate a corporate world that doesn't have space for me? How do I navigate a corporate world where I am not willing to compromise on my ethics? And I do, I do think that's something that people have to face. Yeah. Um, and and I, I liked, I like this character a lot. This movie really surprised me. The, it's also really fun. The, well, like all the all the guys that and ladies that he starts like the, the company with. They're good characters. They're very good characters. They're all really well realized. Like yeah. they easily could have been um, kind of flimsily sketched in, but I don't think they are. No, it's so like based on the poster and the name. Right. We thought this was gonna be a lot funnier. We thought it was gonna be like a workplace comedy, like office space or something. Yeah. And I thought it'd be a lot more gags about kind of that corrupt stuff that salespeople do do. Yeah. But instead, he's just completely stuck up about it and like, no, I'm not going to bribe this guy to get the contract. Like, okay, well, let's see where well, this goes. It's interesting. Now. And I 
also really like how you have his boss, who's totally like, you know, he, he found himself in a sink or swim situation. And so he he swam and he mm-hmm. was willing to sacrifice his morals. And, and I like how over the course of the film, he really goes from being like a villain to someone who, you know, Harpreet is like, is this really like how you want to live your life? Is this really mm-hmm. like how you want to do business? You can make money. You can, you know, you and can't so I, make as much, but you can feel good about it. Yeah. So I like that there's also a, it's not just showing through Harpreet that you can do things differently, but it's also showing that like, you can change. Like, yeah. You can redeem yourself. All the characters are... Also, he has, like, the most, crazy like... Crazy mustache. The most, like, just kind of villainous um, facial hair. I figured out sculpting. what it was, too, after looking at it so long. Like, it's super manicured in a straight line underneath his nose, but then the rest of it kind of mm-hmm. goes over. It just looks weird. And then the sideburns. Yeah. But, like, all the characters are interesting and mapped out in a way that you could see how they got to this point. Even the throwaway girlfriend designer, like, she's got some spunk. But it's also, like, it's not like Harpreet's this super interesting, magnetic personality that makes them change. Like, they're still kind of the same people, but it's like, well, let's see where this goes. Like, it's an interesting opportunity. Let's try it his way. Mm -hmm. Not like he's business Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think that this movie also had, you know, visual style, which mm-hmm. Sid Sid kind of just looks like any other mid two thousands. Which rom-com. again surprised me because Ian Mukherjee, like in yeah, Giovanni had Giovanni, like I don't think Sid had a budget. Fair. I'm just saying that movie looks great. But Rocket Singh has interesting like uses of color, interesting mm-hmm. blocking, set design. It like outside a lot mm-hmm. and uses the roof and uses um it also felt different I the was really like... pink house that he grows up in it it, I, it was interesting watching the opening tiles of the movie and like instead of like I don't know a Saul Bass cartoon thing about what it's like to get up in the business world it's just focusing on things in their house yeah I really liked that yeah like it's it's very domestic and like here's the here's the sort of world that this guy grew up in his grandfather takes care of him no real mention as to what's up with his parents Mm -hmm. um and you know here's here's what he knows and he's going out in the world you could do that with sid but it would just be like a like a sharper image catalog or something like here's all my toys yeah yeah i yeah i just i i really appreciate like this felt different to me i guess you know, we've watched a lot of Bollywood films at this point, and the 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 story in Wake Up Sid felt very familiar. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a lot of kind of workplace films that we've seen in Bollywood. Not I, unless your workplace is a cricket team, or, or, or we've seen some like news, cops. We've seen some newspaper like yeah. journalism ones, which I like those ones as well. But it's just like I thought I thought this was an interesting angle. I thought these were relatable. It's the sort of thing you were getting. Korean or Chinese cinema. I'm thinking Johnny Toe's Office a little bit. Like, <laughs> like sure. office politics can make for interesting movies. Yeah. Um, like Office Space for One is kind of where I thought this was going. But yeah. this also reminded me of like The Insider or something where someone finds out about a corrupt <laughs> part of the world and, you know, Indian companies that build and service computers yeah. isn't smoking, but it is interesting. And yeah. I didn't know that much about it, but like I could have guessed. And it was really enjoyable. 
enjoyable. You know, I I don't know if if this will ever rank among my my favorite Ranbir Kapoor performances, um, but I did really like this mode. Mm-hmm. Well, he's playing an actual character. This guy's got ethics. Yeah. He is a hard worker. He's kind of inspiring, but also not high on his own bullshit. Like. I can remember he that about... He kind of feels like a regular guy. Yeah. Well, I can I can remember that about him as opposed to uh, he's a sad boy who's rich and doesn't like his parents even though he relies on them. Like, that could be any number of people, whereas mm-hmm. it's like Jagajasus or Barfi. He's, he's coming from less established uh, circumstances. He's an orphan. He's got, mm-hmm. you know... He... Is breaking the stereotype, which in 2009, Ranbir Kapoor hadn't really established yet, but he was about to. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to see more from Shemit Amin. He, like, hasn't directed a film since this one. Weird. He was an editor on The Reluctant Fundamentalist. That's odd. And um, a consultant on Shed Desi Romance, which... Yeah, I like Shed Desi Romance. I love Shed Desi Romance. I, I... I feel like that's another one, again, that does the kind of, like, what am I doing with my life? I don't want to do, like, I don't want to fall into the same um, kind of patterns that... My parents did. Well, they don't really have parents in Shed Desi Romance because they're orphans, but, like... But, like, Shed Desi Romance, it's about romance, and it has that... Exactly, because it's not... another level. It's not focusing on, like, um, what am I going to do, like, career? It's really focusing on... I don't know. I could really relate to that one. Yeah. Um, Sid is more like Johnny 2, Johnny Na, another movie that the uh, acceptance of just kind of baffles me because yeah. uh, Imran Khan's character in that is just an annoying rich guy again. He has the background with his sort of warrior ancestors, but it's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing he did was he directed an episode of A Suitable Boy. Oh, well... Um, we like that show. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I'd like to like between Shock Day India and um, Rocket Singh, like That's, I, I would like to see something else. I got the impression that Shock Day India was a pretty big hit, and also yeah. like it's like one of Shah Rukh's like premier performances, and mm-hmm. the theme song is played all the time. Like I, I wonder why he wasn't doing any more perf- like roles, um, more directorial things after that, because that. That seems like a real calling card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I think, I think those two films are, these two films are, I think this film and, and Chuck Day are just both really solid. And I think, it's I think. It's a workplace drama. Yeah. If your workplace is coach of the Indian girls field hockey team. I think there's also perspectives in both of the films that I have found really interesting. Yeah, points the Chaiwala is interesting. Yeah, points of view and, and themes in, in both Chaktandia and and Rocket Singh that I, I think are really interesting. It shows that kind of basic kindness towards, like, the peons in your workplace who most people, they call him cup plate or something. Like, yeah. don't even care about him at all. But he just said, Mr. Mishra, and this guy you know, loves you forever because you call him his name and like a human being. And the receptionist. There's nothing I hate more than people who, like, don't treat... Um, the admin staff well, you know? Yeah, just yeah. like Joan Holloway on Mad Men. Yes. All right, well, I, I think that brings us to 
the end of this episode. Sing good, Sid bad. We're very excited to see Burmastra. We're excited to see where this Rambir Kapoor character ends up. Yeah. Is he going to do any more movies? Only time will tell. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, and what will you be doing then, Matt? Uh, we're going to explore some more films in a genre that we've watched many times in Bollywood and have enjoyed quite a bit, the dark comedy. Yes, so there are two new black comedies that have hit streaming, uh, both with um, kind of a female perspective. Uh, so I thought, I thought, let's do an episode about black comedies. So we will be watching both of those films. One is Darlings, starring Rambir Kapoor's wife, Alia Bhatt, and the other is Good Luck Jerry with jean Kapoor. Now, I've seen the Tamil film that Good Luck Jerry is a remake of, and I really, really like that film. Hmm. I've heard this is not as good, but I am very curious because that film ended up kind of um, in my uh, end-of-the-year discussion when it came out. Uh, and then we're also going to be watching Vishal Bardwaja's Pataka, um, which is two sisters going at it. So We kind of we skipped over that when the year it came out. I've seen it. Well, you saw it, like... like we talked about it a few times. We talked about like village movies and sister movies, and we never actually got around to watching it again for this yeah. show. But these are like female black comedies. Yeah. Yeah. And Bollywood is really good at black comedies. Bollywood is really good at black I comedies. I would say so I'm for these. even more than romances lately, black comedies is what they've been doing right. Yeah. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod, at Matt underscore B O W E S, at Aaron E. Fraser. Uh, com, facebook.com slash bollywoodisflowers rate and review us on your favorite platform please let us know too if you want a biffle point you can get one they're real um, thank you to Becca Ducky for Tuffy Tuffy had a job you know what he was Tuffy the... was a method Tuffy Tuffy really went <clears throat> to like the deep well of dog trauma of his puppyhood to like feel what it was like to be a dog, but also who who, who is an umpire? Yeah, he's a cricket umpire. First thing wears, we see, Tuffy wears headphones and uh, listens a, to Krishna. Is an aspect of the gods, but like, yeah, Tuffy also comes from a life of privilege. He's a rich person's dog, but he doesn't let that define him. No. He goes out into the world and does good. 